Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. We got a, a co-host who sometimes <laughs> feels like a guest host, right. but he's back here with me to my right. It's not Victor Greenwood. It's Kevin Figgs. Yes. Kevin Figgers. How we been? Amazing. Absolutely amazing, Kurt. Good to be back. It's been a little bit. I think the last time we did this, we did this at my spot. That's right. Yeah. We did. And uh, before that, you were not married. Yes, so, that's right. That's right. Uh, congrats. Yeah. I've got you. a drink. He's drinking yeah. water, but I will <laughs> toast to his marriage. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. We're uh, a month in. We are a month in. It was it was about a month and a day. A month and Jeez. a couple of days ago. Time moves fast. Flies. It feels like it was yesterday. It, it does. As yeah. someone who was there, yeah. it does feel like oh, it was. Oh, they are on Front Street. Curtis giving his best man speech. You did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. It was a good time. Uh, the way you guys had it set up was beautiful. Like, the ceremony was great. Nice and, let's say, intimate. <laughs> nice and, yeah. you know, sweet to the point. Like. Right. Uh, it was it was great, but no, we are so happy for you. And like one month in, and yep. we know you got countless months to go. Oh yeah. Um, but on today's show, we got a lot to get to since uh, my man Figs hasn't been here in a while. Lots of sports that have happened. Uh, Figs is an Angels fan, so we got to talk about Joe Maddon getting let go. Yep. Uh, we got to talk about this PGA Tour thing, which is just popping up. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as the committee, uh, the House committee looks at January sixth, there was a football coach. Who just had to speak about it. But we'll get to all that later. But we want to start with our bread and butter here. The NBA. The Boston Celtics took a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals last night. After they won 116-100. to uh, The Warriors just played horrible defense. Yeah. And the sad thing too is like. The Warriors have outplayed them in every third quarter. Mm-hmm. And you thought in game one. Like once you saw them throw up like what. 37 and a quarter. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's over. Like, mm-hmm. okay, here go the Warriors. They'll put someone in. And then for Boston, shout out to Boston. Like, Derek White, Al Horford come out, take game one on the road. Mm-hmm. And now seemingly, if Boston wins game four on Friday, that's, that's 3-1. Like, Warriors, are you going to make history? Only one team has ever lost, you know, being up 3-1. Yeah. Uh, Warriors, you guys should know about that. But just uh, from what you've seen so far through three games, what has been your uh, opinion on the finals? It's been actually entertaining despite a lot of the big leads, and there's been a lot of big leads in, in all of the games uh, so far. But for the most part, it's kind of played out the way I thought it would. I thought coming in, it, it would go seven. I oh, wow. Go, okay. I thought Golden State would actually win in seven, and I honestly have not seen a lot to make me you know, go off of that prediction. It can still happen. Now, obviously, if I think it can go seven, then I think anybody can win. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the amazing part from the finals in general for me is just how much attention Draymond Green has gotten. You know? Oh, my gosh, like, bro. He's bro. He's definitely the loudest voice, but he's like what the seventh best player in the series or whatever. You know what I mean? I think like, the big he gets thing too so is overly hyped. But for remember, the role he plays. Remember Charles Barkley was like, it was easy when you had those triple doubles with Durant and Clay yeah. and stuff. But it's not easy being a triple single, and everyone yeah. kind of laughed about it. Well, now Steph and Clay are back. Like yeah. Steph had thirty-one points right. in Game Three, and Clay had twenty-five. Clay woke up, yeah. and that Steph when he had. Some ticky tack fouls, Absolutely. and now Draymond, like even after the game, when they asked him how did you play, he's like, "Well, I played like shit." Yeah, bro, you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, and they say, "Oh, you have to be more aggressive offensively." You have to really? Do you really want Draymond Green to be aggressive <laughs> right. on offense? I think that's not right. right. Oh, great, he didn't play great, and I do think for the role that he plays on that team with those two shooters, I do think it's important for for us to hype up Draymond Green. And honestly, it's not even us, whether it's fans, media, it's him because he just never shuts the hell up. Right. So exactly. if you talk enough. You get enough attention. You kick guys in the nuts. You get a but you tackle guys on screens all the time, and they don't get called. Or on box outs. He yeah, on box outs. There was one meme that or video when he was uh, uh, basically tackled Jason Tatum, and and then at like, the free throw like looked like ran down the court like nothing happened. Like nothing like nothing ever happened. So he's 
Now, granted, I think that there's a level of intelligence to that, too, because you make yourself into the villain, and to a certain degree, you take a little bit of pressure off of your better players, especially Clay, who oh, yeah. before Game 3 was playing terribly, and really throughout the entire playoffs had not played well. No. But that's part of the reason why I thought Golden State would win, because they've had so many duds throughout this playoffs. They had the 40-point loss against Memphis. Oh, yep. I think they had a 20-plus point loss against Denver. Like, they just had some, some games where they just have not shown up. Um, so, and that's not even necessarily just, you know, Steph and Clay, but as deep as they are, at times they do have lapses offensively you just, for whatever reason. And as good as they are, they have lapses on offense and it gets a team like Boston that can D up the way that they can D up. If they just happen to hit a shot or two from three on a particular night, you can get it games like you got in game three. I think you just, you just read my mind because like, my thing is when you look at Steph and Clay, they went off, but now the third splash brother or the pool party, Jordan Poole only had eight points in right. game three. He did not play well. And many of the times, all those switches where you saw Al Horford and Robert Williams not defending the three against Steph mm-hmm. and Clay, who mm-hmm. were hitting it over them, right. Jordan was taking these bigs one-on-one, and he was missing or right. he was hesitant. So my thing was, if I'm looking at Steve Kerr, you're right. They are young in some spots, and they do have a lot of depth. So like Gary Payton the second, he comes back mm-hmm. uh, after his injury against Memphis, but Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. Like, when you look at Steph playing against Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum on defense, and they're basically just like, give me the ball, yeah. top of the key, two dribbles, post move, layup, or floater, and Every it's good time. for two. And Steph, again, it, it was a little different because Scott Foster, <coughs> Scott yeah. Foster, and he gets in early foul trouble. But then when you look at it, it's like, yo, Kaminga's lengthy. Mm-hmm. He's athletic. He might not be able to score as as often as you would like. But when Draymond plays offense, it's four on five. Exactly. Like, he's not even looking to shoot the ball. Yeah, at least he gives you something, you know. And even to a degree, like, Looney is kind of like that to a degree, too. But yep. he doesn't give you a lot on offense. But he's so much better defensively. Gives you length. Gives you, you know, a shot Get you boards. All that. Right. Get and you they boards. got destroyed on the glass last game. That was the biggest thing. How many times did you look at me like, when Golden State went up by one? After they had that incredible, like, Steph Curry hit that three-pointer, that four-point play, makes the free throw. Then it was a flagrant because Al Horford landed in his spot. And then Otto Porter throws it up. And it's like, yo, they're up by one. They were down 18 at at the half. How is this possible? But then you look, and Steve Curry even said they out-hustled us. They even they uh we committed too many turnovers. Right. So again, the turnovers can be fixed, but the hustle is like, come on, you got you got a team here in Boston who they're trying to make their own name for themselves Mm -hmm. with that legacy with Paul Pierce, the true sitting court side. Like, yeah, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown want to put a name for themselves after how many times have had they had problems in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like they're ready to win. All this like Steph Clay Dre, like, oh, we have the experience. All right, cool. Now you're gonna go. Yeah, like there we go. So I, I like I, I'm with you. They're, they've been entertaining games. They have. Yes. Like, there's been times where it's like, all right, game two, Warriors are up. This game's over. Like, oh, they're up in the third quarter. Game one, this game's over, and then Boston fought back. But I'm like, okay, like NBA, like this has been a good product, and not to you know have strays going at Miami, but I think if it was against the, the Heat, like. Yeah. It wouldn't be. It'd it be five. We It'd all be knew five. that. Yeah. It, it would be a gentleman sweep at best. Yeah. So you I think know. this is great for the NBA, though. It is. Well, and the th- look, the problem is if you look at the final score in every game, it's like, well, another blowout. This is another blowout in a year. It was of a sixty-point game the, yesterday for the yeah. NBA. You know. But I mean, these games look at half. They're competitive. You mentioned the third quarter. By the way, Boston has been terrible in the third quarter of the entire postseason. Yep. Golden State's been great in the third quarter of the entire postseason. So it's really just kind of holding itself up uh, in this series. But 
you hope that at least one of these games ends up like coming down to the wire or at least is in somewhat doubt in the final three minutes or so. Yeah. Because so far we haven't had it, and it's been a disappointing playoff. I can never remember a playoffs that's had this many lopsided games. And usually they become more and more entertaining. And like to your point, they've been entertaining. Yes. But not to a point where they've been down you know, in crunch time. You're not sitting on the edge of your seat like, who's right. going to take the last shot? Who's going to win the game? It hasn't been like that. Right. But I do think there's a um, – a clash of different styles when you see the way that like Steve Kerr runs his offense, the way uh, Udoka, like for the Boston Celtics coach, is doing his defense. Yeah. How big of a deal would it be if Boston were to win? Like the way I've always looked at it is like I grew up a Laker fan, so seeing the Warriors back in the finals uh, and playing the Celtics, our arch enemy, it kind of almost feels like your cousin. It does. <laughs> like your cousin's like, oh yo, if our cousin could be our enemy, like it'd be dope. Like NorCal versus like SoCal and all that stuff. But there's also a small element <laughs> of like, okay, the Warriors have you know kind of dominated the West for the last six, seven years, whatever it's been. A lot of that's been at the expense of the Lakers. So you know, a lot of fans have been at least minorly conflicted. Like, who do you want to win? I think most Laker fans, if you're a true Laker fan, would say you want Boston uh, to lose. Oh, yeah. But it's also like, I mean, part of me doesn't want Golden State to win another championship either. But See, so it's a, it's a lesser of two evil thing, at least for me as a Laker fan. So, so for me, the way I've looked at it, this has so much good stuff because if the Celtics win – I would hate to see that because they have one more than the Lakers. Right. And there's already Celtics fans who don't look at our wins because of Minneapolis and bubble and all that type of stuff. Yeah. On the other side, the the sports, contrarian, sports topic, barbershop, uh, you know, hot take. Mm-hmm. The hot take in me was like, well, if Steph wins and he wins MVP, like that's four titles for Steph. Mm-hmm. LeBron has four. Mm-hmm. Like who was better towards a generation? Like – it would lead us for decades to talk about who's discussion. better, like, discussion. And this, and not only that, but we look at the West and we look at, okay, Phoenix, they gagged it in Game 7 at home against Dallas. Aiden's probably not coming back. What's their team going to look like? Dallas needs another superstar. How good are the Mavs going to be? Denver has a real possibility Correct. if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. can come back healthy. Right. But – where you look everywhere else in the West and, the Mem- and Memphis, can't Memphis, forget about the Clippers. They'll Clippers, be back one hundred percent healthy. Clippers too. and Memphis, because Memphis, hey, did you, John Morant was hurt. Right. You guys are young. Paul George, Kawhi, how good can you guys be? But when you look at the Warriors, like who's to say in the next two to three years before they retire? This is a conversation I always have with Victor. Mm. It's like in the next five years, I don't believe Steph, Clay, or Dre are still playing. That's just me. I don't, in, in the, the next, next five years, years okay. I think they retire. Interesting. So in the next five years, how many more finals could the Warriors actually go to? Think about it, like Steph, Clay, they're in their Early to mid thirties, yeah. yeah I, think, like, I think Clay, I think Steph is thirty two or thirty three. And not only that, but they've had injuries. They have like you know, Clay's been devastating off, but, injuries. Yeah, yeah, but Clay's been off, but he's also trying to recuperate from right. the injuries he sustained for the last two seasons, right. trying to play at that championship level. So um, I want to see what the Warriors can do. Uh, it's just I think there's so many more topics and storylines that we can get to yeah. when it comes to this finals and the aftermath of this finals. Because, again, like, even Jason Tatum spoke about it the other day before Game 3, where he's like, am I a superstar? Am I not a superstar? Who even said this? How right. does discussion come up? Yeah. And if he wins, and if he wins MVP and he has the first ever Eastern Conference Finals Larry Bird trophy and then a Finals MVP. How is he not a superstar? A superstar at that Would point, you put him you know? in the top 10 conversation? Yeah. Right. You know? Well, Now, so the flip side of the Steph situation, so if the Warriors don't win this series and Boston ends up winning – how did, does that ding his legacy? He won, they won that first championship. Without he, Durant. Yeah, without Kevin Durant. He wasn't the, even the MVP of that series. 
Andre and Iguodala shouldn't have been the MVP either. He sh- no, he should. LeBron should have been MVP. Just put that uh, in a there. losing effort. He should yeah. have. He absolutely yeah. should have. And he didn't play that great in that final series either. So Kevin Durant comes in. They win all those finals. Everything's you know copacetic. Everything's good. Now they get back to it, and if they don't win again, I think as much as you think it might be a debate between Steph and LeBron as far as the era goes, I think if Steph loses this NBA final series, and especially doesn't play well in crunch time, which he hasn't, if, if we're going to be honest, historically, the historically. quarter and all that stuff, I think that actually hurts his legacy a little bit. I wonder where that, like, we, have, we can have this conversation many times, but if they were to lose and knock on wood, like, we just want a great series, seven-game series, I guess what tier would you put him in? Is it, like, a Jordan... Kareem, LeBron, tier, like Kobe, tier one, and then like tier two, or mm-hmm. I throw Magic in there. Yeah. It's tier two, like Isaiah, like right. we're, like uh, I guess Larry Bird is he in there because he lost to Magic. But those are all things when it comes to legacies that we can you know talk about on the court uh, and get to at a later date as yeah. this series uh, goes to Game Four on Friday. But legacies off the court. Earlier this week, LeBron James mm-hmm. became a billionaire while still active in the NBA. Amazing. Uh, we've only seen that happen with Michael Jordan, where he's been retired, and right. also Michael Jordan, the only majority owner uh, of a sports franchise who's a black American. Uh, we haven't seen that. So it was interesting when LeBron James came out and said, I want to own a team in Vegas. Now, LeBron is like also an own, part owner of the Red Sox in Liverpool. Or Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool right? Yeah. Let me make sure I have that right. And now he comes out and says, I want to own a team in Vegas. And I think he's already kind of tipping his cap of what I think we all know, mm-hmm. which is... They're going to have an NBA team in Vegas. Within they're going to have a team in Vegas, like the we know. Decade. Come within on, we know. Yeah. I, I think we, you and I are both like yeah. savvy enough to know that the way the global impact of the NBA is having, there's going to be more and more players, mm-hmm. more and more talent which means you're going to have to expand. And for me, I've always believed if you're going to go from 30 to 32, which I believe the only team, like, I think only NFL has 32, right? Correct. Has yeah, 30. MLB has 30 and, uh, and basketball has 30, and so does the NHL, I believe. Um, it only makes sense for me, put a team in Seattle. Which they will. Give them the Sonics. Mm-hmm. Give them the Sonics back. Thunder, you're on your own legacy. And then put a team in Vegas. And they'll just move New Orleans to the Eastern Conference, where they should be anyway. <laughs> Is it So do you, do you, I've always had this question, do you move New Orleans East? Or do you move Minnesota East? Um, I would probably move New Orleans East, to be honest. You know, it's, it's funny. Back in the day, like, the Bulls, Milwaukee, they were in the Western Conference before you expanded out West, <laughs> you know. I always find it funny that Michigan in their fight song, they always talk about being Westward Hope. It's like, there's oh. so much further West I mean, than we, Ann Arbor. If we, yeah, if we look at Ann Arbor in their, like, Michigan, the fight song where it says, the leaders and the best champions of the West. West. Like, yeah. And then you look at St. Louis, the gateway to the to West. West. Like, yeah. uh, nowhere close. I mean, I shouldn't say nowhere close, but now, yeah, you're right. But. I, mean, cause, I mean, now, I know then it made a lot of sense. It's like, Jesus, now, you know what I mean? But I wonder, I, I, I truly wonder... Now that LeBron is in that billionaire boys club, how much would it take to get him to be in the discussion for ownership? Because if you have LeBron and Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. that's you. That's owning a, a team. That's the debate of the two best players in the history of the sport. That know? puts you over the top of solidifying. Oh no, the NBA does stuff for Black Americans Absolutely. even after they retire. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that say when you when you think about that? And for LeBron with Vegas, that's such an easy way to commute because who knows where he's going to live and when Bronny and all his, and Savannah and, and all his kids, where they're going to live. But Vegas to LA, 
Yeah, that's, that's the from easiest. Van Nuys. Yeah. A private jet, <laughs> quick and easy. That, and now that you can expense it, yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like the, the. I guess the only issue is like Mike. It took him a little bit after he retired to you know to gain that you know exactly. and working in front offices and then eventually purchased uh, the Hornets. You know, LeBron, even as a billionaire, is still nowhere close from a personal capital to actually, you know, buy a franchise by himself. You know, you saw yeah. the, you know, the, the Walton, I forget the other last name, the, Wal- the Walmart heirs who just purchased yep. the Broncos. Well, we're to that next For five, $5 billion. 4.65. You know, so, I mean, it's, LeBron's $1 billion is nothing. You know, when it's coming to talk about, you know, purchasing a major franchise, a major sports franchise. So... Maybe at some time he gets in, you know, with, and he may have to get some people as part of an ownership group, and maybe that's what it is. And he can be, you know, the face of it. Uh, but as far as actually being able to buy a franchise by himself, he's probably at least 10 years away from doing that from a personal capital but, standpoint. But, but if we're looking at this, if we're looking at, like, the next decade that Vegas is even going to get a team, yeah. that could work out. It and, could. It and, and we could. all know the best thing to have in Vegas is timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, look, it wouldn't even surprise me if Adam Silver is having backdoor meetings and being oh. like, look, man, if you just show us you're getting your shit together for the next five, six years, you know, maybe we, we ha- we'll have something to talk about when the time comes. Oh, absolutely. Um, but no, it is interesting you bring it up about the Broncos deal because uh, Melody Hobson uh, will be part of that deal. And she is a, um, I think she'll be one of the first black females to be a part of um, an ownership group. Oh, that's amazing. I did not yeah. know that. So it's, it's going to be great. So that'd be fantastic if that happens um, for the Denver Broncos. But you're right. Like, um, I think there's two points about that. One, $4.65 billion to own the Denver Broncos when I believe it was two point something billion for David Tepper to buy the Carolina Panthers. And that was four years that ago. That was a few years ago. Yeah, so a few years ago, the highest price is now doubled uh-huh. for an NFL franchise, yep. which means every owner is smiling right now mm-hmm. um, about how much it includes. And the second part of that is, after hearing that, I love that someone tweeted, they no longer want to hear about taxpayers paying for stadiums. Absolutely. Yeah, it, I've it, been saying this for, <laughs> for 15 years myself. <laughs> All right, when I was a kid, I said this, like, I'm paying a... Why am I paying money? Why am I paying a tax so a billionaire can be given a free stadium? I still don't understand how that Marlins thing worked out. Oh, how he geez. fleeced that entire city, that county, for, for public money for a stadium that still nobody goes to and <laughs> that he didn't have to pay a cent for? Um, That's ridiculous. No, uh, I I totally agree with you. And when you look at Lone Depot, where the Marlins play, yeah. not that great. Uh, I, yeah, I've not been. Have you been actually inside of the stadium? I have. Okay. I have been. Yeah. And it's... And it's it's in Little Havana. It's like far, kind of far from everything. It's close to the airport. Uh-huh. Uh, everything's overpriced. Uh-huh. Uh, like it was pretty empty. It's flashy with not a lot of substance. Right. So basically, it's the feel of whole Miami. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, it's the feel of all right. Miami. And so with that, it's like you see experiences like that. It's like why am I giving you public money for something like this? You mm-hmm. know, or it, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but not every ownership group in the NFL is smiling because uh, Figs. I don't know if you had a chance to read it, but. Uh, Jenny Veritas. Jenny Verentis, yes. There we go. Verentis, apologies, uh, for the New York Times wrote an article about Deshaun Watson, yeah. uh, the new Cleveland uh, Browns quarterback, former Houston Texans quarterback, who in the report, it said he had 66 different massage therapists in 17 months. How? Now, when does he sleep? Ah. You have time to read your playbook, brother. It's like, <laughs> God damn. Well, full disclosure, I've never had a massage. Neither have I. A professional like, massage? No, prof- like, yeah. like a professional massage. Like, yo, I was like a girl who's like, oh, yeah, it's like, like, rub your shoulders. Yeah, that's, about like, it. Okay, that's the cool. extent of it. But yeah. to be like, hey, undress, like, put a towel on, right. get on your stomach. I've never had that. And right. the fact that this man did it, and I think the biggest 
the biggest surprise for me was one day Deshaun walks into the Houston Texans facility, and in his locker room there's a non-disclosure agreement, and there is an accusation that a woman, a masseuse, gave him a massage. He persuaded her, asked her for you know oral sex or consensual sex. She said no and started crying, and then he gave her the NDA Mm -hmm. and said, "I can't pay you until you sign this." Right. And that the Texans were providing him multiple times over with these NDAs to give to these women or whomever. That's crazy That's to me. That's terrible. Like, That's a terrible look. And and the, and the terrible look to me is the NFL as a whole because now you have the Texans who essentially are enabling what he's doing. Yep. You have the Cleveland Browns who signed him to the biggest guaranteed contract of all time yeah, they with the bailout were, money. Yeah, they're essentially ignoring what he did. A- ignoring yeah. what he did. And then yeah. the NFL and the commissioner and his exempt list, Roger mm-hmm. Goodell's exempt list, has made no public comments or indications of what he's doing. Yeah. and He just train- says the investigation is ongoing. That's all he'll ever That's, say. But, like, we're in June. And there's more information coming out left or right, and the NFL has said nothing, you know. it's it's. I don't understand how you can, like – appeal to your female fans which are plenty yeah vast and plenty female fans and be like this man and when you read the reports and allegations of what he did where it's like how do you let someone do this and then sign into a contract with no disciplinary action right um i one theory that i do have and i wonder if the nfl is they will say that they're not paying attention to it and every situation is unique and it doesn't has nothing to do with the nfl but I do think the Trevor Bauer situation might weigh on mm. what the NFL does. And I wonder if they're waiting for however that case plays out and whatever they end up settling on as his suspension or if he even it might get overturned completely. But if he ends up getting, say, one year instead of two full years or whatever it is, maybe that'll say the end. Because at that point, he wasn't convicted of anything. You know, there was no, at least as of now, no civil thing. They, all the trial they tried in Pasadena, they said no uh, restraining order. He literally has nothing legally against him, and they still suspended him for two years. Right. Deshaun Watson has all these civil cases, all these things going against him left and right. And so how can Trevor Bauer get two years, one year, and Deshaun Watson get four games? And, and not if only, all these things are actually, you know, is actually true against him. Not even the one year, two year, Trevor Bauer's suspension is basically like, you're never going to pitch again. Essentially. Like, I mean, by the time he'll be free, he'll be like 36 and, and wouldn't have pitched in three years. Exactly. And, yeah. and the crazy part is he's going to be sitting down for two years, inactive, right. and then what team is going to touch him? Right. Like, what team is going to be like, you know what? And who wants That's a bad PR? Ex- yeah. Bad PR. And then, you you know, it's baseball. And damaged goods. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you can go to Dominican, Venezuela, right. Cuba. I'm not trying to be, like, incentive, but you can really go to, like, these places, get a 19-year-old arm like mm-hmm. it's nothing, and be like, all right, you're in relief now. Exactly. Because Trevor Bauer, you never, like... You never know what he's gonna be when he gets back. So right. Deshaun Watson, he hasn't played in a year, and that's football. Like you got to yeah. keep yourself up when it comes to reading, reading playbooks, as you said. Yep. How fast can you be? But the big, the overall thing is, you still have guaranteed money. Right. I think I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, if the te- if the Browns, excuse me, were to cut him right now, they'd still be on the hook for 190 million dollars of salary cap because they guaranteed all that money to him. So it's in, so all so they gave him that money and guarantees, but for the salary cap. And for his salary, it's only $1 million for the year. And that's the way they circumvented it. By the way, that's the way the Rams are able to pay all these guys. That's how they're paying Cup cool. and Donald. Yeah. They just give all these guys signing bonuses, and it doesn't count against the cap. So that's what the that's what the Browns did. So if he gets suspended for, let's say, the entire season, all he's gonna, he, they can only fine him based on his actual salary, which is $1 million. Jeez. So that's all Deshaun Watson would lose if he got suspended this year is $1 that's million. That's so bad, dude. You shouldn't. And so that's why a lot of owners, and I think Mike Florio talked about this, are really upset, and they might talk about for the next CBA 
talking to the league and saying, we should not be able to make this legal. There should be some sort of regulation on how much guaranteed money you can give people, you know, because you just can't, you can't, you're basically circumventing the cap by doing that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And who, and then Baker Mayfield, he got excused from um, mandatory minicamp. Rightfully so. So who knows how that's going to work out, but just a whole bunch of issues going on in Cleveland per usual. And Deshaun Watson, like, Please, please read that New York Times article because it it's was very, damning. it was very well written, yeah. and if the sources are correct, it it's pretty damning to who Deshaun Watson is. And just real quick, as we put a like a you know bow on this, you never heard anything bad about him like at all. High school, college thing. at Clemson, like he was like the upstanding guy who was just was. like, where did this come from? How did this happen? So completely out of nowhere. You never know what people are doing on their own personal time, mm-hmm. but. Um, we truly hope that this situation gets settled as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, other bad news from the NFL, or a little another incident, was uh, today as um, the government started to look over what happened on January 6, 2021, when we had insurrectionist mm-hmm. uh, domestic terrorists take over the U.S. Rioters. Capitol. Rioters, like the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, whatever those white supremacists want to call themselves. Um, we heard more testimony today, which we're not going to get to because yeah. oh, that's a little too serious and it's going to make me angry, but... Uh, Washington, uh, what do they know? Commanders, the commanders, yes. uh, defensive coordinator, former Oakland Raider football coach. I don't know why I had to bring that up. That's not relevant to the story <laughs> at this moment in time. Uh, Jack Del Rio, uh, he could not understand why we were making such a big deal, as in he put it, quote unquote, a dust up at the Capitol, and why uh, the George Floyd protesters were able to burn down and loot American cities, uh, and that wasn't a big deal. So uh-huh. I, you already know how I feel about this. If you listen to the podcast, if you know me as a, as a person, right? Um, one, that's bullshit. Right. Uh, two, I hope everyone who's involved in January 6th goes to jail or at, le- at the very least gets put on no-fly zone uh, or no-fly list. Yeah. Um, and basically, Jack Del Rio, the fact that you're in a league that's 70% black. And that you would say that. And you would say that stemming like two years after. By uh, the way, yeah. on a forum, you are at team minicamp. Yep. You're supposed to be talking about the team and the defense and whatever. I think he's a defensive coordinator still. How does this even come up? So what happened was when it was brought up that. Jan- I know he tweeted about it previously. That's what it was. So yeah. they someone, uh, someone tweeted out January 6th committee will hold their first hearing Thursday, June 9th. And he reached, he replied with, how come this is such a big deal when we had Black Lives Matter protesters after George Floyd looting and burning our cities? And then as he was at minicamp, someone said, can you please elaborate elaborate that? And he said, oh, it's just a dust up. You know. Yeah, also so, uh, some cops died and they ran into the, the chambers, yep. sacred levels and all that. Just a dust up, huh? And they knew exactly cool. where to go. Yeah. Like when you watch the video from today, they knew exactly where to go. They had people helping them on the inside. Mm-hmm. This was an inside job from people. And the crazy part, too, was there was, I believe there was 21 Republicans who did not want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, who did not want this committee to even, I think Mitch McConnell was definitely one of them. Uh, but it's just sad to see, like, uh, how we've, we've and, and the thing that gets me is, Victor and I were sitting here as this happened. We were oh, watching this on January, like, wow. Victor called me and was like, hey, what are you doing? We're watching CNN, watching this go down. He comes over to the apartment, and we're watching it together. Damn. Like, we're eating, you know, uh, Koji tacos. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, these people are trying to overthrow a free and fair election just because they didn't get their way. Right. And they truly believe that this is what freedom looks like, but they're mad because of COVID and because they have to wear a mask. Like, See, it's the most hypocritical thing. Oh, no, blue uh, lives matter yeah. until you're in the way, uh-huh. and then I can steal stuff from exactly. the, the Senate chamber. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, the Capitol. Like, what? Do you, like, what? And people really believe that. And you have a lot of people, the House Judiciary Committee tweeted out two hours ago, 
this is all old news. And it's like, you really think like, like that? Really? Okay. And, and it's just, again, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this, and I, we'll go back to Jack Del Rio, but when you look at how quickly they're able to move on, they being the Republican Party, mm-hmm. of this is old news, or this didn't happen, or Fox News, who's not even showing the hearings, because they know Sean Hannity was is part of it, um, the insurrection, but how quickly they're able to move on from things, and then you pair that with what happened in Texas, right? With the shootings, mm-hmm. where it's like y'all just gonna forget, like, like, like we cannot let them forget, and we're talking about what happened in Texas after Matthew McConaughey had that you know great, great plea, speech, yeah. But then we're we're not even focusing on what happened in our backyard of Orange County at this Asian church, right? We haven't even talked about what happened in Buffalo, Buffalo, yes. When you had this white supremacist go into a grocery store drove four hours on Twitch and talked about it, had nigger on his gun and shot at innocent black people. And now they're talking in front of Congress members about what we can do about gun control. Right. And they just really expect us to forget, like, we don't see this happening in real time. So Jack Del Rio, if you really think it was a dust up and that's all you think it is, I really feel sorry for you and anyone who thinks like that. Yeah, he tweeted out a uh, contrived apology that I'm sure he was, oh, forced, it was, he was forced to do. He copy and pasted. Yeah. He, he copy was, and pasted. That he was forced to do. Uh, but I nobody believes him. I I don't believe him in that. I, you know, you show your true colors on Twitter with your initial reaction, and then you double down on it at minicamp. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. You had a change of heart in 24 hours. Sure, you did. Exactly. It's total BS. Uh, well, one thing we're gonna go off the serious stuff, and we'll let we'll let Figs talk a little bit about his favorite baseball team, who we're actually watching right now. Up five one in the bottom of the seventh. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. There's still time to blow it. <laughs> uh, Shohei is on first base and he's pitching, but uh, the Angels recently got rid of Joe Madden. Uh, they were 10 games above 500 about they a month were. ago. They and 10 now, games above 500, a half game behind Houston for first place in the West. And they went down from there. So I'm going to give you the floor and talk about what's going on with your Angels. Well, look, I think a lot of it is not necessarily Joe Madden's fault. You know, guys getting hurt left and right. Trout has been hurt. Anthony Rendon was playing better than he ended up getting hurt again. Haven't hurt, haven't hurt him since the Nationals. It basically, yeah, you haven't, yeah. So... Uh, the pitching has been an issue. It was better to start the season, but now they've had injuries on the staff there, so that's affecting them. So I thought Joe Madden, he did an interview with The Athletic and said, look, a lot of it is out of my hands. We had a lot of injuries, and it's true. I think there was just a philosophical difference between him and the general manager, Perry Manazian. He did not hire Joe Madden. Joe Madden was actually hired uh, by Artie Moreno directly. I think he hired him before they even hired a general manager a couple of years ago. Uh, so that was an Artie hire completely. Um, and as progressive as Joe Madden was with the Tampa Bay Rays back in 2007, 2008, and then with the Cubs, to a certain degree, I think he's even admitted he's not as embracing of the analytics to the degree that many of these front offices are right. nowadays. And now front offices want to control managers, which I know is a huge yes. old school versus new school debate. Yeah. As progressive as Joe was, he's still old school in that he, you know, he wants to manage his baseball team. Yep. Now, he hasn't been perfect. There have been times where he's brought in, you know, his closer, Rocio Iglesias, for like nine out saves for no reason. Or he brought him in for potentially a six out save, but he got five outs, then took him out for another guy. Oh, my god! The other guy gave it up. Oh, my god! You know, there was the game against the Rangers this year when he walked Corey Seager with the bases loaded. Now, granted, they won the game, but at the time, people were like... That was in Texas. Yeah, people were like, what are you doing? There was that great uh, video of Mike Trout where he was like, he was looking around in the outfield like, like, what are we doing? What the hell are we doing right now? (laughs) So, I I think it's less about those specific moves and just more about he just philosophically wasn't in line with what Perry Manazian, the general manager, wanted. And he kind of saw an opening at this point. I think he was always looking for an opening to try to bring his own guy in. But he knew when he took the job that Joe was, you know, breakfast right next to the owner. 
Yeah. And so I think as well as they played to start the season, for them to lose 14 straight games, I think at the time Joe got fired, it was 13. Wow. I think he, he saw a natural uh, out. And look, he said he didn't even consult with the players who loved Joe. He did not ask a single member of the coaching staff. Are you serious? He said the only person he talked to was Artie. He asked because he called Artie Moreno and asked if he can do it. And Artie said, you're the general manager. It's your decision. And so he decided to. Because well, I mean, the players were devastated will be a strong word, but they were they were upset. They were like, we all love Joe. We love playing for him. He's a great guy. They it's were blindsided. Yeah, all they that were. Stuff. They absolutely were. Well, let me switch the topic real quick uh, to stick with the Angels. Number one, Phil Nevin, former Padre, third right. baseman, now interim coach. Uh, interim, interim major, but manager, but... Also, there was the Angels also had some bad news with their whole stadium. And what, <laughs> yeah. what happened there? Because I read a little bit, I saw the headline where yeah. uh, there was an a congr- or assemblyman or yeah. something that was so taking money. It was a mayor. There we go. So they, so <laughs> big deal. The stadium, and it's been, this has been going on for it seems like 15 years now. The stadium and the land that it's on is not owned by the team, it's owned by the city. They were going to sell it to Artie Moreno, and he was going to put a lot of money into it to build it up. To make it kind of you know more of like a like like you have these eat play work kind of situations. Oh, eat play live. All Excuse that me, eat play live. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like you have all these businesses and all these movie theaters and all of that is around the stadium. So they found out that the mayor of Anaheim was taking kickbacks or at least planning to uh, take kickbacks so he can you know double down and endorse the sale to the Angels. Now they they said no money actually changed hands and they they couldn't prove that the Angels were actually in on it, but there was video of him talking about it. And that basically, that was the FBI had video of him talking about these side deals who was trying to cut with uh, with high-ranking angel officials to ensure that the sale goes to the team, because there's a lot of red tape they had to cut through. Oh, man. Uh, so and so that's what halted the sale. Everything was stopped. I think the FBI, FBI investigation is still ongoing to a degree. So now, the way it's set up, the angels the angels can still lease the stadium from now I think until 2028. And then after 28, I think they can extend it again another seven or eight years after that. So it's not like the Angels are getting kicked out of the stadium. They have nowhere to play. But now the negotiation, uh, the negotiating period is open, and Long Beach was going after them before. Oh, that's right. Now Long Beach says now that it's open again and they potentially don't have a home locked in, that they want to make another bid to try to get them to move to Long Beach. Hey, Long Beach, do what you can. Yeah. Like, I mean, it would suck because they've been in Anaheim for so Forever. long. And I mean, yeah. It means a lot. And and it's, he, for that community, it's huge. Yeah, you know? and I'm, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of teams moving. Sure. Uh, even though L.A., historically, Lakers started in Minnesota, moved Minneapolis. Dodgers uh, moved here. Dodgers moved from Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, Rams started here, moved, then moved back. Like, the Giants and, you know, San Fran, like, they were in New York, too. So, California's, like, just built on teams that move. Yeah, we don't have a lot of expansion franchises like that. So. Yeah, it's okay, though. Yeah. I mean, that's how that's how life works. Um, but, no, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Figs, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter, at KFig1. That's where I'm at the most. I am on Instagram, but I think the last photo I posted was, like, nine years ago. So, <laughs> I throw a story up there every now and then. So, you can hit me up, uh, at KFig on Instagram, and that's at KFig1 on the Twitterverse. He responds to the group chat every now and then uh, on Instagram. Now, now, I'm the guy that, like, I haven't checked Instagram for, like, three days so that I go in and, like, I'm liking things from, like, two days ago. That's me. So, if you guys, you guys get your phones blowing up about that, my bad. Oh, uh, no. All good. Uh, you can find the show at the Arrows Podcast. It's on TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can find us on there. Tweet us like your questions. Hit us up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. We're always down to talk to our listeners. Also, you can find me at Chillin' with Kurt on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, always on there on every platform, really just talking. You find him um, at Suavecito with this fresh haircut. Hey, first of all, thank hey. you for reminding me because hey, shout out Shiz, uh, this new bar I was able to go to. Um, the you know the incredible Uncle Jalen Rose was able to put me in contact with him. 
Uh, very limited time availability, but he snuck me in there. He got me looking right. I kind of yeah. feel like a 1960s pastor. <laughs> like, that's what I kind of look like. Yeah. It's either that or a gay undercover cop. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> but, mustache is a little... Uh, the mu- but you know what? Yeah. People, I'm like, I feel like everyone says like you would look good with a mustache. And I'm like, you know what? F it. I'm just going to rock it. Like, I'm just going to see what happens. And if I don't like it, shave it shave off. Shave it off, but, yeah. Uh, but your lineup is just tight as Jalen, so I see I, I, that's... That's facts right there. You see that so, love right there? I'm telling you. This is what Victor Greenwood doesn't give me. Yeah, this is what we need. This is what I love. That lineup is nice. And it's Thirsty Thursday, so I might have to go to a bar <laughs> and see what the ladies, <laughs> hey ladies, <laughs> see what they're thinking. Because uh, cuffing season is now officially over. That's right. It's summer. We outside. Mm-hmm. Just ask my American Express card because oh. I'm, I'm hurting. Ooh. So if you want to, you know what? Let's put my Venmo in there too. Yeah. If you can find me on Venmo, <laughs> Cash App, Zelle, find me too. Y'all Your boy's hurting. Contribute to the fund. Yo, can, means. the building fund. Like, yeah. <laughs> let me know. Uh, but until next time, you guys stay safe. Uh, we outside this summer. Uh, make sure you download, like, subscribe, and share the podcast. But until then, stay safe, stay vaxxed, and we'll see you guys later. Peace out.